Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, March 5th, 2020, from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, the XFL, or even this weekend's big golf tournament, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Putting together a lineup is fast and easy, and for you, it can be free when you sign up using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, March 5th. Um, As spring training rolls along, uh, it's just, it's always drama with the Red Sox, isn't it? Always drama. And I guess you could say for someone like myself, sometimes that can be a good thing because that means during a time period in which maybe there shouldn't be a lot to talk about, there is a lot to talk about. Because I'm not going to sit here and break down a spring training game. I'm not going to break down somebody's spring training outing. I don't even watch spring training baseball. Like, every once in a while, maybe if I find myself, you know, just on a Saturday afternoon sitting there and nothing's on TV and I'm scrolling through and there's a game on MLB Network or the Red Sox are playing on Nesson, like, maybe I'll put it on for, like, five minutes. But you can't really grab my attention with a spring training baseball game. I mean, it's one thing if you're down in Florida or if you're out in Arizona and you're taking in the nice weather and you want to watch a ball game. That's a different story. You can get me there. I can sit there in the nice weather and watch a spring training game. But from my couch, I just, or or even if I'm pulling up the YouTube TV app on my phone here in the studio, like I just, you, you can't get me with a spring training game. So there really isn't a lot to talk about with regards to spring training games unless you have some type of drama within your organization, whether it's trades, uh, a new player who just signed as a free agent, uh, a new prospect that was brought up, or right now with the Red Sox, well, you had a lot of that other stuff too, but right now with the Red Sox, we're talking about injuries and an injury to their ace, the ace of the pitching staff, Chris Sale. Now, we have been concerned about Chris Sale's health going back to last season. Actually going back to... Going back to 2018, remember when the 2018 postseason began? Yeah, the year the Red Sox won the World Series. Remember when that postseason began? Chris Sale was throwing like 89, 90 miles per hour. There were injury concerns with Chris Sale at the beginning of that postseason. Now, Sale ended up with a masterful performance to to clinch a World Series championship in L.A. as he comes out of the bullpen, right? That iconic moment where even Craig Kimbrell was standing there. The closer of the Red Sox was standing there, almost in awe of Chris Sale walking onto that field to close out Game 5 of the World Series against the Dodgers in L.A. And and again, a masterful performance, a slider to Manny Machado, gets him swinging, Red Sox win the World Series. But when that postseason began, Chris Sale, there were some concerns about him and his velocity late in the season going into the postseason. And... Then you go to last year in 2019. A lot of concerns with Chris Sale. He was shut down in August. In August of last year. And he, what do you have, elbow inflammation? Is that what they were calling it last August? So we've had our eye on Chris Sale and his health. 
He did not have surgery. He comes into spring training. You know, you just trade David Price, right, who is basically, you, you, have, you had your one in Chris Sale and you had your one A in David Price. Those are your two best pitches. You traded David Price. Um, you traded him in the Mookie Betts trade. I know David Price at times was an afterthought in that trade because of all the attention Mookie Betts was getting. But let's call it what it is. David Price was one of this team's best players, best pitches, and you traded him, and you're actually going to eat half of his salary in order to move him. Now, David Price also, you know, he was coming off an injury. He actually had surgery, though, on his wrist in September. So um, we'll see how he bounces back from that. But you trade Price, all eyes on Chris Sale in this spring training. He's your ace. You can talk about trading Mookie. You know, you don't get better when you make that trade. But I try to sit here and tell you that, you know, the focus is now on Sale because if Sale can be healthy, this Red Sox lineup is still pretty good. I've told you that I think Devers and Martinez, Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez could end up being the best three, four hitters in the American League, if not all of Major League Baseball in 2020. And if you got that, along with some other very talented players in your lineup and in the field, if Chris Sale can be a dominant starting pitcher, the guy that you signed him to a five-year, $145 million extension to be, if he can be that guy, then the Red Sox can still contend for the AL East. They can still get into the postseason, and then, you know, who knows what happens, right? Just get into the tournament. But you got to be able to pitch in this league. Chris Sale, I'm looking at him going, he can still be one of the most dominant pitches in baseball. But we're going to have to see how he bounces back from whatever was going on last season and maybe even a little bit the season before in 2018. And now that all eyes are on him, we have the news coming out this week that after throwing a 15-pitch session to hitters, I believe it was the first time he faced hitters, hitters since August, right? It was the first time Sale faced a hitter since August. 15 pitches. Now, he went through the whole the whole thing, you know, the, the warm-ups. Uh, he went through it all. But then he gets onto the mound, faces live hitters, 15 pitches. Leaves the game. Everybody says good things about it. Sale says it went good. Manager Ron Renicki said, look good. The next day, Chris Sale, soreness in his elbow. Sent him to have an MRI. They saw those results of the MRI. They got a second opinion. They got a third opinion. They sent it to multiple doctors. One of those doctors was Dr. James Andrews. Not a name you want to hear, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like I, I don't want, in the first week of March, I don't want to hear the names Chris Sale and Dr. James Andrews in the same sentence. I just don't want to hear it. Now, of course, you're going to send him the test and see what he thinks. But you just don't want to hear that. You, you don't want that story. You want Chris Sale through a 15-pitch session, looked good, felt good, you move on, you increase that the next time he goes out. Now, last week we heard that Chris Sale was going to begin the season on the injured list, that he wasn't going to be ready for opening day. The Red Sox reasoning for that was, Oh, it's not injury-related. It's because he missed the first couple weeks of workouts in the middle of February with an illness, with with a minor case of pneumonia and flu-like symptoms. It was an illness, not an injury. And what did I tell you last week? I told you that doesn't seem right. 
in February, before you even hit March 1st on the calendar, you're going to shut down your race because he missed two weeks with an illness in the middle of February? That does, that makes no sense to me. They were lying to you. I told you that. Something else was going on. You could go watch the clip on my YouTube channel and smash that subscribe button, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, or go back in the archives of this show and try to find it. But the actual clip of that is on my YouTube channel. I told you, there's no way you shut down your ace because he missed two weeks in the middle of February with an illness. There's no way you take that and say, oh, we, we can't catch up. We can't catch up for opening day. At the end of March, early April. We can't do it. We got to show. We, he won't be ready. We're already going to rule him out. They ruled sale out for opening day before the calendar even hit March 1st. He's your ace. You just traded your other, you know, pitcher that, that was right there with sale at the top of the rotation in David Price. You traded Mookie Betts. You're still trying to win next year. I know some people say, no, they're not. This is a throwaway season. It's, it, it wasn't. It's not. Okay? The Red Sox still have a team that can compete. But, put the trade aside, you need Chris Sale to be healthy. When someone like me says the Red Sox can still compete, I say that thinking, Chris Sale is going to be able to be Chris Sale. You know, that five-year, $145 million extension doesn't begin till this season. It kicks in right now. And you're going to tell us last week that he's going to begin this season on the injured list because of an illness? I told you there's no way. It's got to be more than an illness. And what we're finding out this week is that it is more than an illness. It was more than an illness. He wasn't feeling right. He was feeling something in that elbow. They didn't want us to panic, so they didn't tell us about it. So they told us they blamed it on the illness. Now I think you should question, well, how sick was he? Was he even sick at all? You should question that. Because they're talking to us. The Red Sox, what they're doing right now, which is starting to piss me off, is they're talking to us like we are complete and utter morons. Right? And some people felt that way with the Mookie Betts stuff or even going back to the to their comments and their big press conference on getting underneath the uh, CBT, the luxury tax threshold. Some people say, well, they're, you know, they're the Red Sox. Big, big market ton of money, more money than God. They can't go over the luxury tax. They got to make these moves, that moves, all these moves. Some people try to say that, you know, they, they felt the Red Sox were talking to them like they're stupid after those comments. I didn't feel that way. I, you know, I almost understand to an extent what they're trying to do and still be able to compete. And, um, but this is one that, you know, you're starting to piss me off because Not only is the news that Chris Sale, you know, going to begin the season on the injured list, or that Chris Sale had soreness in his elbow, you had an MRI and you sent the results of of that MRI to Dr. James Andrews and some other doctors to get second opinion and even a third opinion and maybe even more opinions than that. But now you're taking those opinions and you're saying... Surgery is not being recommended right now, so we're not going to have it, so we're going to shut him down for a week. This is what they're telling us. This is, let me read you a quote from Ron Renneke. Direct quote from down at spring training. He says, quote, this is manager Ron Renneke. He says, quote, doctors have advised him to wait another week before he starts throwing again. He'll start playing catch again. If everything is good, we'll progress. So they're going to shut Chris Sale down for a week. He won't throw for a week. They're going to give him some rest. They're going to give him a... They, 
what's going to happen is they're going to give him a couple. Here's what's going to happen. All right. This is not a prediction in the words of, of Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar's manager in WWE. This is not a prediction. This, my friends, is a spoiler. What's going to happen in three weeks is that there's going to be a press release that says Chris Sale will undergo surgery on his left elbow. It's inevitable. I think you have to be a complete moron not to understand that that is a very realistic option. But I'm taking it one step further. I'm telling you that is a guarantee. That is going to happen. Like, they should have had the surgery already. And we could be looking at, well, Chris Sale will, who knows? Maybe he'd be ready for the, you know, who knows when it'll be. Maybe he'd be ready for September if the Red Sox are still involved in any type of playoff race. So maybe we guarantee he'll be ready for the 2021 season. The more you prolong this and set this off, the more you forget about this season, the more you start to dig into next season in 2021. Because let's say you you don't have surgery for another month, two months. Or let's say you think this is good. You you know, he's feeling better. You know, you're going to work him out. You put him on the injured list. Then all of a sudden he makes a start in, in late April, early May. Hey, he's feeling it again. You give him a couple more weeks off. Yeah, you have surgery on June first. You know, then all of a sudden, he's not just missing. You could you, you wash this season out, and you wash next season out. So have the surgery, and I get it. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not Doctor James Andrews. But this is where I get into the Red Sox are pissing me off because they're talking to us like we're morons. They're acting like this is the first time humans have ever encountered. Somebody with an elbow injury, they're like, oh, how do we handle this? Well, we'll give him a couple weeks. <laughs> we all know how this ends. <laughs> like, this isn't the first time this has happened. How many times have we seen, well, Dr. James Andrews, he's not recommending surgery. Right? No, he's not recommending it. Couple weeks later, you got some soreness still. You, go, you have another test. You go back to James Andrews. He's like, eh, you could have it if you want. And then all parties get together. They're like, well, maybe it's best that we have it. And you wasted precious time in the the months that you kicked around the idea of having surgery. And I get what Chris Sale also wants to do. You know, he doesn't want to let anyone down. And and he talked to the media today and he was, it's, uh, you know, I didn't hear it or see it. I'm just reading tweets. I'm reading quotes on Twitter. And he seemed very emotional about it. And and you know what? He he should be. I mean, he, he gets it. He knows, he knows the deal. He knows the deal. Now, I don't think he's going to be as soft about it as David Price was, but but he knows the deal. You know, you're, you're about to begin a contract that pays you $30 million, $29 million a season this season. It begins this season. And you can't perform under that contract. And that's not making people in this town happy, especially given what the organization just did, which didn't make a lot of people happy, which is trade a Mookie Betts. Chris Sale gets it. And that might be part of the strategy here. Well, let me, let me, 
let me let me hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me let me let me wait it out. Let me see. And the Red Sox are like, eh. I can guarantee you there are people in the Red Sox organization today that are like, let's just have the surgery. But there's also a PR battle here. I mean, it's what it is, right? This is you got to put it. It's, it all factors in. There's a PR battle. There's a, a thought process that, well, if we can continue to give the fans some hope, you know, maybe we get some more tickets sold in the next couple of weeks. Because the minute you send that press release, which everybody gets the email and it jump, it hits Twitter and it says Chris Sale is having surgery and he is out the rest of the season and probably into some parts of next season, then that's devastating news from a competitive standpoint with the Red Sox. And I don't want to knock Mookie Betts because I, I was a big fan of Mookie Betts, but I, I tried to use logic and understand both sides as to why that trade happened. A lot of people don't want to do that. I'm not going to sit here and make this show about that again. I've already done that many times. Go back in the archives and watch and listen to that if you want. But when it comes to being competitive, if you can pitch in this league and you can pitch with someone as dominant as Chris Sale and you still have guys like Devis and J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogots and the Ben Attendee and you got Jackie Bradley in center field, like you, you can compete in this league still. No question about it. But if you can't pitch, you're going to have an awfully tough time competing with anybody. Sale gave you that hope. He gave someone like me that hope. He gives... A lot of people deep down inside, even though they might not want to admit it publicly because they're pissed off about the bets trade, he gives a lot of people hope, and he would if he was healthy. But the minute you sit there and send that press release out if you're the Red Sox and 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 you tell the world that Chris Sale is going to miss this season and Potts the next season, that is a big hit from a competitive standpoint. And it's a devastating blow, actually, from a competitive standpoint. And um, they're trying to hold off on that. Because they think this magical healing process is about to begin. And the fact of the matter is, we all know it's not. We all know that healing process is not going to go down. The way they want it to go down with simple rest and recovery. Holy shit. You know, we've seen this before. They've seen this before. I'm not Dr. James Andrews. Of course, he's seen it before. And he's not sitting there going, you need to have surgery. But I think we need to look into the wording of this. What did James Andrews, Dr. James Andrews, actually say to Chris Sale? He said, surgery is not recommended. That doesn't mean you can't have it. You just don't have to have it right now. Give it some time. Let it see. What's in it for Dr. James Andrews? If Chris Sale gives it two weeks and comes back to him. He's not getting a ring. He's not getting a World Series ring. He's just being, in general, here's here's how I would handle this. Just in a vacuum. You could be any Joe Schmo down the street. You come to me with an elbow injury. Here's a diagnosis. Here's what I'm going to give you. He's not getting a championship ring. Right? So, if you think about it from a baseball perspective, and, and, and you consider the, the history of these types of situations, here's what's going to happen. They're going to give it a week. Give it two weeks. In three weeks, we're going to be told Chris Sale is having surgery. That's what's going to happen. That's not a prediction. That is a spoiler. And (laughs) I just don't understand. I just don't get what's going on down there. 
Like what? Like what's the conversation like with Hyam Bloom and and Sam Kennedy and um, Ron Renicky? Obviously, they're connected. Obviously, they're all talking about this Chris Sale. I, I, from Chris Sale's perspective, he's a competitor. He does not want to go under the knife. He wants to take a week off, see if it heals, and then try to get back at it next week. You know, and try to be back at it at the end of April, and he can go, you know, 100% from there. I, that's the mindset. But the history here, and the reality of it is, he's going to have surgery on the elbow. So just have surgery on the elbow. The more you prolong this, the more you start cutting into the 2021 season. Sometimes I, I look at this stuff and I, I, I think, you know, you don't got to be a genius to be involved to make decisions in professional sports. I think we put decision makers in pro sports on this pedestal, but you don't have to be a genius to make decisions. You just got to use logic and common sense. And it's almost as if the Red Sox are looking at this situation going, wow, we've never seen something like this before. <laughs> what are you talking about? We, I feel like we see this all the time. And I feel like it's the same song and dance every single time. And I'm not just talking about the Red Sox. I'm talking about around Major League Baseball. Oh, you get soreness in your throwing elbow, huh? Well, we'll give it some rest and recovery. Eventually, you get the news story that he's going to have surgery. This isn't the first time it popped up. He was shut down last August with inflammation in the same elbow. What are we doing here? In general, Dr. James Andrews is going to go, well, I don't recommend surgery. Give it some time. It's only March. You got some time. It's not even opening day yet. Let it rest, see what happens. You think Dr. James Andrews is sitting there going, ah, the 2021 season for the Red Sox. No, he doesn't care about that. He's got players from all different sports coming to him with this shit. You think that his only focus right now is Chris Sale? You think he's even... Do you actually believe that Dr. James Andrews is even thinking about the 2021 Red Sox season when he gives the Red Sox his diagnosis for Chris Sale's elbow? Or at least his opinion on the MRI results. No! Because the minute he gives that diagnosis or or gives that opinion to the Red Sox, he's going to look at somebody else's MRI results that just came in from another league, from a big-name player in another league. But you think he's considering the 2021 Red Sox season when he tells Chris Sale what he recommends and what he doesn't recommend? If Chris Sale was like, yeah, you know what, I want to have the surgery, get it over with, I guarantee you... Dr. James Andrews would go, well, yeah, you could have it. It's not recommended. It's not like it's not like I'm sitting there going, you got to have surgery. But, yeah, you could have it. Yeah, it's something that keeps popping up. Sure. Red Sox right now, though, they're playing this game where they want to try to hold on as long as possible to keep hope alive. And not just keep hope alive for themselves. Keep hope alive for the fans because they understand everything that's going on. There's a PR battle at play here, too. But that's also pissing me off because we're not idiots. And while I have not sat here and told you that the 2020 season is over with, because I don't think it is, well, if you tell me Chris Sale's out for the season, I'm, you know, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to believe it now. But I'm still going to be here in 2021, you know, knock on wood, to, to, to want the 2021 Red Sox to have success with Chris Sale as your ace. There comes a point in time, and it's coming here the next couple days. you got to start thinking big picture. It, and you should have thought big picture already. 
and just have the surgery. Again, it's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Chris Sale's going to have surgery. (laughs) You know what's going to infuriate everybody is if I'm wrong, he comes back, pitches a couple, gives you a couple starts in the regular season, then he's feeling some soreness again, and he has surgery in the middle of June, and we're sitting here going, wow, not only is this season a wash, but now he's going to be out for all of next season. When that didn't have to be the case, if we just had surgery, you know, four months ago. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, You can't play games here. And you got to think big picture. Chris Sale, I wish he wasn't in this situation. I'm sure he... Which is he wasn't in this situation either. The Red Sox wish they weren't in this situation. But the, the fact of the matter is, they're in this situation. And you got to handle it the smart way. Handling it the smart way, in my opinion, if something that keeps coming up with this elbow, get it taken care of right now. Because the longer you wait, the more you're, you know, you're delaying the inevitable. which is elbow surgery. And the longer you delay this, the more likely you don't just wash out the 2020 season, you also wash out the 2021 season. And that would be a wor- that would be the worst look that we've seen from the Red Sox in a long time. Worse than a Mookie trade in my opinion. In my opinion. But um that's what's going on with the Red Sox. Any updates on that over the weekend? I'll react to it on Monday's show. But it sucks. You know, what can you do? It's not like we're blam- it's not like I'm blaming Chris Sale for being injured. It's not like I'm blaming the Red Sox that Chris Sale got injured. It's like, what can you do? Guys get injured. It happens. You know, some people will sit there now and use this to pound their chest and say, see, I told you, they should have never given Sale this contract. And I don't, I don't, you know, it, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I know some people predicted this was going to happen. Given his physical build, you know, it was a concern to some people. But, you know, the other, you know, one other thing that actually pissed me off is when people related to the Lester stuff. Like, they say, oh, they, they only gave Chris Sale the contract because, you know, they didn't give it to Lester. And they wanted to make up for that. So they gave Chris Sale this big contract. Um, Okay. Are you so if you're using that logic, are you mad? Are you mad at that? You're mad that they decided to do that? That they went a different way? That that they, you know, maybe realized they made a mistake and, and said we're not gonna do that again? You're mad at that? Because if you think they should have signed Lester, you know, maybe you should have you should have had no problem with sign and sale. But, I mean, if you're sitting there going, they should have never signed Sale to this contract, well, how can you go look at Lester and go, oh, they should have signed him to it? It's, I mean, it, you, you can't... The, some of the comparisons... To, I'm not even going to go there, but other, I've heard other people do it, and I just think that's ridiculous. Me, personally, I told you at the time... You know, I, I, I liked signing Sale to an extension. Let's see how this plays out. But, I mean, for all we know, maybe the, the procedure that he has isn't as major as... We're fearing right now, and maybe he has a procedure. Maybe he's back. You know, maybe 2020 is a wash, but he's back for 2021, and he's he's better than ever. Who knows? He's better than ever for three years. I mean, who knows? 
sometimes guys have these types of surgeries and, and they bounce back and, 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 and they're pitching just as good, if not better, than they were before. So, I mean, sales, Chris Sale could still be a dominant pitcher, so I'm not going to sit here and knock the contract right now. And, and, and I don't think the Sale contract has anything to do with the Mookie Betts trade. It doesn't. And I've been trying to pump this message home. People say, well, if they didn't sign this guy or that guy to an extension to give them these big contracts, they would have had the money to give Mookie Betts. No. It's not how it worked. It's not how the Mookie Betts situation worked. That's how you wanted it to work in your little fantasy world. But the reality is Mookie Betts told the Red Sox he's testing free agency because he, he wants to get a ginormous contract. But he wants to get that through a bidding war with multiple teams. You can't have a bidding war with just the Red Sox. There's no other teams involved. They told them they're going to test free agency. If the Red Sox want to get involved in that bidding war, they can. But trading Mookie Betts right now had nothing to do with any other money that they had discussed with the CBT or any other money that they had on the books with other players. It had to do with Mookie, what he wanted, but also the asking price was so outrageously high that I told you the Red Sox could have been $100 million under the luxury tax threshold and they were not going to give Mookie Betts a $420 million contract. They just weren't going to do it. You know, you look at a contract that uh, Christian Yelich just got. And it's like, man. You know, I, I get it that he wasn't going to be a free agent the way Mookie was. And he was still on a team control. And, and I think, you know, Milwaukee took advantage of that. But Yelich doesn't have to take that deal. Um, and, and he probably could have asked for more than that. Maybe he wouldn't have got it, but he, he could have. But, like, that's more of the market value. Like, getting down to those numbers. Um, you know, somewhere around 300 mil. That's the, that's the market still. Trout didn't set the market. He's an anomaly. You know, Arenado, guys like that. Manny Machado, even. $300 million. Um, you know, Bryce Harper, 330 mil. I mean, that's spread out over 13 years. Keep in mind. So the average annual is a little lower on that one. But it's just, regardless of, of that, the Red Sox were not given Mookie Betts 420 mil. Even if they were 100 million. So, so even if Chris, even if they didn't sign sale to an extension, you need to, you need to get this through your head too, because this is, this is actually fact. This is my opinion. It's a fact. If the Red Sox never signed sale to an extension, they still would have traded Mookie Betts. Even if they had that money freed up, even if they knew they sat, they had thirty million dollars for the season, an extra thirty mil they could have spent, they would have still traded Mookie Betts because of what he wanted. One, and they couldn't lose him for nothing, and two, what the market value is, and just the simple idea that you're not going to pay one guy four hundred and twenty million. Sorry, you're just not going to do it, regardless of what anyone else on the roster is making, regardless of what it looks like with the luxury tax threshold. It's it's people want to put those things together, but they shouldn't. I know in your little perfect world, if you're putting it together, that's what you want, right? That's where you create your little argument to hate on the Red Sox. That, but that's not true. You're creating a, that's a fairy tale that you're making up in your own mind. You want to keep making up fairy tales in your own mind with regards to Mookie Betts? Be my guest. It's psychotic, but, but if you want, be my guest. Where I come together with those people right now, though, is the people who are pissed at the Red Sox is, uh, 
if we're going to wipe out the 2020 season because Chris Sale's going to be injured, let's get that done now. You should have already got that out of the way. But since it's popped up again, let's not waste any more time. All right. I get it. Sale's a competitor. You want to do certain things. He wants to do certain things. He wants to give it his best effort. Especially he wants to show people that he's this guy that is going to do everything he can to avoid surgery. But right now, the smart that's not the smart play right now. People want people want you to be smart more than a dirt dirt dog. You know what I mean? Like I get it. You're a dirt dog. You're a competitor. No, no, no. Let's let's be let's be intelligent. Let's be smart about this. And what's smart about it is surgery on the elbow with Chris Sale, in my opinion, is inevitable. So let's just get it done now. Let's just get it done now. Okay? It's it sucks. It's disappointing. Uh, it doesn't give me much hope for the 2020 season. But it's the reality. It's the unfortunate reality that the Red Sox are in right now. So you got to just make sure that you handle it the smart way. And uh, I, I hope they stop beating around the bush and just get to it. Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to tell us in three weeks that he's... They're going to tell us in three weeks that he's having surgery. Right? Look, I hope I'm wrong. He gets back and he's 100% all season. But I mean, really? You think that's going to happen? Does anybody really think that's going to happen? That sale, they're going to give him a week off. He's not going to throw for a week. He'll come back. He'll get his first start in late April. And he'll be 100% the rest of the season. You, this isn't going to pop up again? Come on. Come on. Just just get the surgery. That's the smart play. That's the smart play. Anything that happens with Chris Sale, I will react to it on Monday's show. But uh, I'm expecting news here, you know, in the next... I don't know. Three weeks, <laughs> two weeks. He's gonna have surgery on the elbow. We'll see. There'll be another. Put it this way: there'll be another MRI. There'll be another opinion from James Andrews. There'll be more conversation about this. This is not going away. It's not going away. And I kind of told you I was concerned about something like this when they told us last week that he was gonna start the season on the injured list because of pneumonia in February. It's like what? You, he can't catch up. He's your ace. You're already ruling him out before the calendar even strikes March 1st? Come on. Something else is going on. Well, now we know. Now we know. And let's just hope they handle it the smart way. But uh, will they? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, Outside of baseball, you know, we keep our eye on the Tom Brady stuff. I know you're sick of it. I'm sick of it too, right? Like, the new league year begins in, what, two weeks? The new league year for the NFL? There is news on a new CBA, by the way. I'm going to get to that. Because that's kind of this is kind of crazy. What's going on with the new CBA? Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. We look the Tom Brady. Even though I'm sick of talking about it, and I know you're sick of talking about it, sick of hearing it, it is still a big story, right? And I know they're just rumors. And I know that. See, here's the deal. When it comes to free agent rumors with big names, and a unique situation like Tom Brady's. Well, you, you have the greatest of all time about to hit free agency for the first time. And publicly, at least, he's showing interest in other teams. Publicly, at least, the organization that drafted him that, you know, won championships with him publicly is telling us that you know, they might be okay moving on from Brady and, and and going with someone else next year. We're hearing all this stuff publicly. The problem is, we're to a point now in, in, in 2020 
where agents and players, like, they get it. They know how to play the game. They understand what it takes to spin things, to play the game. I, I, tell, I always tell you, playing the game, the negotiation game, it takes place publicly, out in the open, through the media, now through social media. The media, social media, you know, podcasts, YouTube, TV, radio, newspapers, blogs, they, they, all of it. They use it all to their advantage to gain leverage while they're playing the game. Players, agents, they, they've mastered the game. And so that's why it's like, what can you believe? When these guys have mastered the public negotiation game, I don't know what to believe, and I'm very hesitant to believe any of it, especially in such a unique situation with such a big name, with such major egos, like Brady, the Patriots, Belichick, Kraft, Ego Nation. Ego Nation. These egos, there's more. You put those three guys in a room, I mean, I get it. They, they're not bad people because of that. But let's be honest. The more rings you win, the bigger the egos become. That's just it's reality, right? You get all these egos, you get all these big names, you get such a unique situation, and they're all playing the negotiation game publicly. They all think they've mastered it. What can we believe? What should we believe? Well, the newest Tom Brady bit of news is, and the newest team that could be involved, the San Francisco 49ers. You say, well, how is that possible? They get Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers this year. How? Why? Who? What? Brady to the 49ers? We've always heard that possibility, Brady. You know, that's his home, that was his hometown team as a kid. The Patriots have a good relationship with San Fran. And right now, people are kind of, once again, putting the pieces together on possibilities for Tom Brady. And the one that's picking up steam, at least through the media right now, is that Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, can opt out of the five-year Garoppolo contract before April 1st of this offseason. All right? So they got a couple weeks where they can opt out of the Garoppolo contract. I believe it's April 1st, right? And they can make him a free agent. They can opt out of that. Garoppolo, 28 years old. He is signed under this five-year deal through the 2022 season with San Francisco. Now, if the Patriots are going to rely on that to happen and then sign Garoppolo, that's a lot of that's a lot of trust. And a lot of tampering, I guess you could say, right? A lot, that means there's a lot of tampering. The only way I think that goes down is if Brady goes to San Fran and Garoppolo comes to the Patriots, is if the Patriots trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They have to trade for Jimmy G. And then there would have to be some type of tampering done with San Francisco. But the Patriots have made it clear, like, they go ahead, Tampa. We're not going to file tampering charges on you. And you know what's probably happening? But I think the only way the Patriots end up with Garoppolo and Brady ends up in San Fran is if the Patriots trade for Garoppolo. Because if you're Garoppolo and you get caught and you become a free agent, what's making you sign back with the Patriots? 
Like, you don't owe them anything. You don't owe Bill Belichick anything. His agent, Don Yee, who, by the way, is the same agent as Tom Brady, he might be sitting there going, no, 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 no. You're going to become a free agent? You're Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, we got some teams. There's a bidding war now. We don't just go to the Patriots because they need a quarterback because I represent you and Tom Brady. We don't owe Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft shit. We don't owe them anything. So there's no guarantee that you get, like, if you're the Patriots, you're going, well, we're going to move on from Brady only if we can get Garoppolo. You don't risk that by letting Brady go and hoping that Garoppolo signs with you. The only way this happens is if the 49ers trade Garoppolo to the Patriots. That's the only way. That's the only way. Is that possible? I don't know. A lot of people are saying it might be. I read a story today from NBC Sports Boston from Tom E. Curran, who's very well connected. And uh, I, I think a lot of people know he's connected to Brady's camp. He, he's, he's connected, though, in other places. Like I'm not, I, I, I don't want to make that sound like that's the only camp he's connected to, because it's not. Um... But I think when, when Tom Curran talks about anything Brady-related, I think a lot of people immediately assume it's coming from Brady's camp. And you know what? I'm guilty of that, too. I think that sometimes. But I also try to take a step back and go, well, he's been around for a long time. He's, he's, he's connected in other places, too. So if there's anybody that deserves the benefit of the doubt that, you know, it's not just Brady's camp. It's other people that he talks to as well. You know, it's Tom Curran who gets that. Um, and he said... He, you know, he was, I actually listened to it. Uh, he was on a radio show on Sirius XM with Adam Shine earlier this week. And Tom Curran said that there's a 50% chance Brady signs with the Patriots. And there's a 50% chance that Brady signs with the Tennessee Titans. And um, he also threw out the possibility that maybe the San Francisco 49ers could be tossed into that mix and maybe, you know, they could mess with those percentages a little bit. Well, Tommy Cohen writes a piece on NBC Sports Boston, NBCSports.com slash Boston. He writes that last night, yesterday afternoon, on Wednesday afternoon, he says that when he said that on Sirius XM, people who are in the know reached out to him and said, do not back off that. They said, you threw that out there on Sirius XM, but you're not wrong to throw out the 49ers because that's a possibility. That's from Tom Curran. That's what he says. Now, again, immediately, I assume that the people who know things that Tommy Curran's talking about is Brady's camp. Brady's camp hears him say that, going, hey, don't back off that. That's a real thing. You know, here's the problem with just my generic stance on free agency and professional sports with big names and unique situations like the one we see right now in the year 2020, is that I understand that these guys have mastered the game of the public negotiation, which means that I'm not saying Tommy Curran didn't hear this from very well-connected sources. He did. Maybe the best sources out of anybody. He was told this stuff, and he's running with it. What I, que- I don't question that. What I question is the motive of the people who are telling it to him. Are they telling him, do not back off that because they believe 100% that it's, it's true? Or are they saying, don't back off that because behind the scenes, Brady's camp is just trying to add 
and you know they're trying to throw something else out there to keep that negotiation going, to continue to try to gain that leverage, to continue to play the game and master the game the best of their ability. It could be. I, that's why I just don't know what to believe. That's why it's so frustrating for us. It's a tough story to cover because of that. Because I don't know. You know, I try to I try to work in logic. I try to look at I try to put myself in everyone's shoes. Try to put myself in Brady's shoes. Try to put myself in Don Yee's shoes. Try to put myself in Julian Edelman's shoes. Why do I say put myself in Julian Edelman's shoes? Well, there's a good reason for that. Julian Edelman, who was sitting courtside, like I talked about on Monday, sitting courtside at a college basketball game with Tom Brady and Jimmy Fallon. Edelman looks at the camera and says, he's coming back, he's coming back. Brady gives him a weird look. But we, what we ended up finding out, the audio, the Tom enhanced audio released by the NFL Network, what we found out was that Tom Brady actually said, he's got it. As in, like, he's got all the answers. You know, kind of a sarcastic, good response from Brady. Doesn't, doesn't really say he's coming back, doesn't really shoot it down. Good response. He was on his toes for that one. Now that we have the enhanced audio, we know what he says. But that Edelman who says that later that night started a campaign on his website and on social media in which he has this t-shirt that says Stay Tom 2020, a quarterback you can trust. And that's an interesting thing to do because essentially you are now monetizing Tom Brady's free agent decision and I in this situation in this conversation I put free agent in the little air quotes there for a current Patriot player who's good friends with Tom Brady who's sitting next to him courtside at a college basketball game right before Brady makes maybe the biggest decision of his career with so much of the spotlight on it and they all know the spotlights on it For Julian Edelman to do something to monetize Brady's decision, it gets me thinking, like, is Edelman really going to try to monetize off Tom Brady's name right now if he knows Brady's not coming back? Put yourself in Edelman's shoes. Would you do that? Ballsy move, right? Well, Tom Brady sent out a tweet yesterday, and it's funny, it, it happened a little after I tweeted out um, those same words that I don't think Julian Edelman is going to monetize Tom Brady's free agent decision if he knows Brady's not coming back. Or at least he's only monetizing it because he knows Brady is coming back and it won't be that big of a deal. Well, after I put that out there on Twitter, and I'm not saying Brady read this or, or his people saw this or whatever. But moments later, Tom Brady quote tweeted Edelman trying to sell the shirt once again, the stay Tom 2020 a quarterback you can trust. You know, sort of a play off the uh, political stuff going right now in the presidential race. Brady quote tweeted that. And what he said was, how much do we make on our Julian Edelman merchandise. I assume this all evens out. And he tags at TB12 Sports. So Brady quote tweets it. And by quote tweeting it, he's also sneakily promoting 
this, by the way. An acknowledgement of this is promotion of it. So I sit back and I see that and I go, well, okay, Tom Brady is expressing publicly that, Julian, right now you're selling, you're monetizing off my name. We're not going to let that happen. And what I then tweeted out was, if the minute Edelman takes this merch off his website, julianedelman.com, that's when I will hit the panic button. Because that means a couple of things. One, Brady is all business on his friend Edelman. He's like, you can't monetize my name, take it down. And two, he's saying, dude, you can't do this because it's a bad look because I'm not coming back. And this makes me look even worse. So the minute Edelman, if Edelman ever took this stuff down off his website or off social media, I would hit the panic button and I would tell you that to me is the first sign in which I said Brady's not coming back. I know I told you I was concerned with Brady's reaction to what Edelman said at the basketball game last uh over the weekend, but now that we found out what he said, maybe I overreacted to that, right? But hitting the panic button, if Edelman removes this stuff from his website, will not be an overreaction. But also by saying that, if you're Brady questioning a player monetizing off his name in the biggest decision of his life, Brady's also sneakily promoting this by, quote, tweeting it, by even acknowledging it. He's promoting it. He puts it out there for the people. Making it look like, hey, don't monetize my name, but oh, by the way, make sure you monetize my name. I went to Julian Edelman's website today. The newest t-shirt. The Stay Tom Tweet (laughs) Tee. Love it. The Stay Tom Tweet Tee. And it's a picture of Brady's quote tweet. In which he says, how much do we make on our Julian Edelman merchandise? I assume this all evens out. Edelman is now monetizing Brady questioning the original monetization of Brady's free agent decision. Which tells me, you don't do this if... if, if he's not coming back. You don't. I'm sorry, you don't. Put yourself in Edelman's shoes. You're not... This Brady t-shirt, the Stay Tom Tweet (laughs) tee, you're not doing that. If... If you think Brady's going to another team, you're not doing this stuff on your website. You're just not. You're not putting it on social media. And certainly, I don't think Brady is acknowledging it. But not only does Brady acknowledge it, he promotes it, and then Edelman monetizes Brady's promotion of the original monetization, which Brady made it look like he wasn't happy with. But he really, now that we know Edelman's monetizing it, Brady's not that serious about it, which tells me he's coming back. <laughs> I, I, I know you might say, oh, that's, that's, that's a lot of thinking, Danny. You may be overthinking this one. I don't think I am. I think everyone else is overthinking it. JulianEdelman.com. Go to the website. And Jules owes me a, an interview, a one-on-one here. At least a t-shirt. I'll wear the t-shirt on this show. Somebody get to him. Tell him to send one. Tell him to come in studio. We can talk about it. I try to get him on. He, he's tough to get to. Edelman's tough to get to. Um, but I hope his t-shirt sales do well because uh, I, I, something tells me there's another one on the way. But if he ever deletes these, then we're in trouble. 
then <laughs> that's bad news. If Edelman ever deletes this stuff, it's bad news. That's when I hit the panic button, if Edelman ever deletes it. But um, that's the latest with Tom Brady. Anything happens over the weekend, like I said, I'll react to it. But I, I also mentioned the NFL news with the CBA. So before I forget, before I close it out, I, I do want to get to that because I think it's very important. The new CBA. Now, they're trying to t- come to an agreement with the players. The, the stuff we've heard the last couple weeks is that the NFL wants a 17-game season. You know, right now they get a 16-game season. They want a 17-game season. They also want to expand the playoffs. They want to add an extra wildcard team in the AFC, an extra wildcard team in the NFC, and they want to take away the bye for the number two seeds, and they only want to give the bye to the number one seed in each conference, which would then, by adding the seventh wildcard team, would give you six teams in each conference battling out on wildcard weekend, which gives you three games in each conference on wildcard weekend, as opposed to what we got right now, which is only two games in each conference on Wild Card Weekend. So, but really the 17-game season is big. And the players want something for that. They want something else. Well, now it looks like they're going to get it. Because according to Pro Football Talk, the story today is that A new CBA proposal coming from the NFL will remove all substance abuse suspensions for positive drug tests. This is a a wow moment, in my opinion. And I don't know how you could say it isn't. They're going to remove all substance abuse suspensions for positive drug tests. Um, Instead of suspensions for positive drug tests, and I'm reading from profootballtalk.nbcsports.com. Instead of suspensions, players will be subject to fines only for positive drug tests. Players in stage one of the program who test positive face no penalty at all other than being advanced to stage two. In stage two, positive tests result in only fines. For the first violation, the player loses one half of a game check. For the second violation, he loses a week's pay. For the third violation, it's two weeks' salary. For the fourth and all subsequent violations, it's a three-game fine. While that can get expensive, the player will still be allowed to play. Now, there will be suspensions, but only if there's a failure to cooperate with testing or clinical care while in stage two or beyond. So. If you're not going to cooperate with testing or the clinical care while you're in stage two, stage three, stage four, while you're being fined, then they'll come down with the suspension. But ultimately, and I'm reading the last sentence of the story, players will never be suspended no matter how many times they test positive as long as they're cooperating with the testing and the clinical care. They'll be fined. They're not going to be suspension, su- suspended. There'll be no suspension. That is huge news. Because if you're telling me that, you know, we're talking about, think about how many of these players have talked about treating concussions or treating injuries with marijuana or with CBD. You talk about Rob Gronkowski, CBD company. Testing positive for, stu- for something? Only a fine? No problem. Never can be suspended? Only increasing the fines? No problem. As long as you, you know, 
take part in the testing and the clinical care that goes along with those fines, no problem. You'll never miss a game. This is huge. Only fines for positive drug tests. Which means that there will now be a 17-game season. There will now be an expansion of the playoffs. I do think the players will accept this one. I think they'll accept Maybe this is what they wanted. And maybe that's why owners know what they wanted. And that's why they're proposing this. And maybe by the time you even listen to this, you get an agreement on a new CBA. I don't know. But to me, it sounds like this is something the players would want. To me, this is something that moves a needle. More than anything else we've talked about. Because I think the marijuana stuff is a major issue. CBD, marijuana, I think for the players, Players Association, this is a major issue. And the NFL is basically saying, hey, can do whatever you want, no suspensions. We'll fine you from the second time on, but no suspensions. No suspensions. This is a big, this is big news. Because now you're going to get, I think they'll agree to this, you're going to get the 17-game season, you're going to get the expansion of playoffs, and who knows what else is going to happen now. But that's the news in the NFL. That's the news with the new CBA. Whatever does happen with it, again, I'll react. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also, get clips, video clips of this show on my YouTube channel. Smash that subscribe button, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Get all my content on my website, dannypicard.com. Follow me on all forms of social media. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I will be back on Monday to react to anything that we hear on Chris Sale, Tom Brady, the NFL CBA, or anything that happens in the world of sports. Talk to you Monday.